And he gave me a list of people that were not going to be here. And I'm listening and listening. And I found myself getting more depressed, more depressed, depressed. I don't less like teaching or preaching to pews. I like to have bodies in them. Warm, otherwise, just like them. And I asked him, I said, well, pastor, you think we ought to close up? Oh, no, 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 we ain't going to do that. I said, okay. So guess what? You were selected. You were obedient to what God was said to do. And you're here. And I got a word for you. Amen. Someone say amen. Now you are going to have to help me just a little bit. Okay. Uh, And I'll tell you why. I worked on this message and I worked on it and I worked on it and I worked on it and I prayed and I worked on it and I prayed and it kept growing. At one time it grew to like 12 pages. Did you catch that? Like 12 pages. That's long, right? So I said, God, we can't do this. We've got to get it down. So I think I got it down to around seven, eight pages to cover. But God's got a plan for us. And that's what you need to understand. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. The word says that we are more than overcomers. Everybody say it. I am more Overcomer, absolutely. You need to think of yourself that when the enemy comes in like a roaring lion, the Bible says, trying to eat you and devour you, you need to say, wait a minute, hold it. I am an overcomer. I'm built in his likeness and his image. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I don't go down without a fight. Hello? I don't roll over and play dead very well. Uh, And so the title of this sermon is War on Fear. I don't know if you ever wondered why you was born. I've wondered it and wondered it, and and I believe what God told me was, you were to raise war on fear. If we allow fear to come in and take its roots in our mind, our thought pattern, and the things we do, we become cripples. Jesus said, I come that you have life and have it abundantly, not that you be handicapped in any way. When we look around and we hear the news today, I don't know if you're a Fox person or One News or who you are. If we look around, we see and we hear these days about fear. Have you ever noticed that? You don't get no good news unless you are listening to some preachers and some preachers may or may not give you good news. Well, I got some good news for you today. It's not surprising what the terrorism is all about. We hear it in the news. We see it at Afghanistan. We see it and we hear it and we say, why is all this going on? I believe it's going on because God's getting ready to, to just bring glory down on his people. Glory. There's a big difference between a believer and a non-believer. Terrorism. A plan, an organized use of fear as a weapon. Did you hear that? Fear as a weapon. The goal of terrorism is to terrify, frighten, panic to the point that a person or people cannot resist. Is that not what we're hearing today? We see it all around? Well, we got this plague out. We got this plague out. You got to take this 
You got to take one shot. No, you got to take two shots. No, you got to take three shots. The shot that we need is a shot of the Word of God. What we need is more of this and less what the news is saying. This is where you say, amen, that's good. We're going to have to work at this. Oppression is the spoiling or taking away of a person's goods or estates by terror or force. It means they take it away without having any, no right to it by working arrogance, weakness, fearfulness, which brings a person into oppression. Fear and oppression goes together. They're kin. They're joined together. If the enemy can produce fear in you, then it's very easy for him to bring oppression on you. Did you catch that? If you can live, or the enemy can get you to live in fear, he also can take control and oppress you. And when you get oppressed, lots of things happen. Health, thinking, living, peace, joy, all these things just kind of vanish away because you're oppressed. The Bible says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Who do you think he's going to do that to? Oh, let me change it. Who do you think he's going to try to do it to? Everybody ought to raise their hand. He's going to try to destroy you. He's tried to destroy this church for years. Guess what? There's a new day coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a new thing coming. And God's just about ready to break over, open this church and say, hey, I'm going to fill it up with people that want more of God. Oppression. At the heart of a terrorism and oppression is fear. That's where it gets its roots. It's from fear. It, it's there. Unthinkable acts of terror seem so close to home. We used to think other countries had terrorism, but we've got it here. Whether we're talking about the Twin Towers or what we're talking about, terrorists is knocking on our door trying to take control of our country. Come on, church, say amen. But greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We are more than overcomers if we understand the authority that God has given us and we use that authority to say to the devil, I am not going to live in fear. I am not going to live with oppression. The sister back there works with these people that have this issues going on all the time in their lives. And it's not a smaller number of people, it's a larger number of people that has to deal with this stuff. Unlike the rest of the world, believers don't have to cope with or tolerate fear in any way. Did I, was I clear? Did I speak clear? Did you understand that? A uh, little sound problem here, right here. Did you understand that? We don't have to tolerate fear. We don't have to allow it in our lives. In our house. Sir, let me tell you something. If you're the head of the house and you allow fear into your house, guess who's going to touch? Not only you, but the whole household. Next thing you know, there's conflict going on that you say, where did this come from? It comes from the devil. When we allow oppression, our fear, to dominate our thought pattern, we are weakened. That was my wife. She just said, you know. Okay. See, God cannot nullify the things that someone who is strong in his or her own strength. 
When it comes to changing the world, God cannot use strong people who trust in themselves. That was really good right there. God cannot use people who trust in themselves. He chooses the weak, even the foolish people, who know that they are inadequate, weaker in ourselves, and stronger in him. He then comes and helps us in warfare. Do you understand there's a war going on? I'm not talking about Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq, or any of those countries. I'm talking right here in our own house. Whether you know it or not, they're trying to do away with our Constitution. Whether you know it or not, they're trying to do away with the things of God in our country. But if the church doesn't rise up, then that means we bow down to it. If we don't do something about fear, then it dominates us. And fear catches on to other people because the way you talk determines whether you're walking in fear or not. I came to preach this morning. Weaker in ourselves, stronger in him, he wants to be with us in this warfare. He is looking for people who rely upon him all the time. And I, I read the story, and I'm not going to go much into it, as, of Gideon. Gideon was called. Let me, let, me, let me give you some advice right here laid out. There is not a person that is not called by God. Did you hear me? You say, well, there's some drunkards, there's some dopers, there's some little sinners. The call of God is upon mankind. It can individualize. I used to think I was called to sing, but after I sung, I realized I wasn't. That was a calling I didn't have. And you would appreciate me saying that to you if you heard me. But Gideon was called by God. And this is one of the things he said to him. He says, I deliver you the hands of the oppressor and said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear gods of the Armonites, but you, will have, but you have not obeyed me. Hear me. For strength to be working in my life and your life, we've got to walk in obedience. We've got to walk in agreement with what God says about us and who God calls us to be. We've got to walk in agreement and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I am more than an overcomer. I don't lay down and die easy. I'm a fighter because I belong to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and he has called me for a place and to a time just like this. Church, we're called for a time and a place. You say, well, you look, where are they all at? Where are they all at? We know where we're at. It doesn't change the calling just because they're not here right now. You got that, honey? Right now? Did that work for you? Right now? I mean, we got people all the way from Muskogee. I don't know if there's any churches in Muskogee or not. But anyway, they're here. When we fail to obey the Lord, we begin to march with fear of gods of this world. Because we're oppressed and enslaved by our enemies. When we yield to what the enemy is doing or saying to us, and we begin to think about it, we lose ground. Does that work for you? If greater is he in, is in me than he is in the world, then I should be gaining ground every day of my life. I should be getting stronger in the things of God and not weaker in the things of God. I should see signs and wonders and miracles take place before my very eyes. God is not slack concerning his people. God loves you. 
You are chosen. You are special. God has a place for you. Someone say amen. Mm -mm. God has not called the body of Christ. God has called the body of Christ. Not to cope with fear. Not to cope with poverty. Not to cope with sickness. Or any kind of oppression of the devil. We're not called to deal with these things. Did you understand that? We're not called to allow them to have their way in our lives. You say, well, sickness is. Sickness is what? What is sickness? A disorder that's going on? If we allow the disorder to go on, then that sickness is ruling us. Come on. You and I got to raise up a standard against this and say, by his stripes, I'm what? By his stripes, I'm what? Healed. If you're not claiming it, how are you going to get it? If you're not acknowledging the goodness of God and what God has done for you, what good is it? It isn't any good for you at all. You got to use it. Oppression. Many Christians is plagued with oppression. In most cases, oppression hides itself because of their fear of to face the enemy and deal objectively with the problems. And Isaiah 54 says, Before from oppression and you will not fear. In other words, if I understand what the word is telling us, keeping oppression and fear from me is something that I'm capable of doing with the Lord Jesus Christ's help. Bracken just did a four-week on the Holy Spirit. That's one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit, you know, is to comfort us, to educate us, to teach us, to show us things so that we can live that life of overcoming. I don't like to get beat up. I don't like it at all. There was a time when I was a young kid that there was a guy that lives in the place where we lived. And he was tall. He was about six foot and I was about four feet. Not much taller now. But my brothers were teenagers, family was. This kid kept walking by. And so my brothers got this idea of picking up this kid and throwing him on top of me. Now, I don't know if you how many giants you've had jump on top of you. But this kid to me was a giant. So I had nothing to do but to fight, scratch, bite, do anything I could to get this kid off of me. And I finally got him off of me. Well, I believe that we're more than that. We're more than that. We're an overcomer. So when the enemy comes to jump on us, we need to raise up a standard. And that standard is with the word of God to back him off. If you don't use it, what good is it? If you don't allow it to take root in you, then the enemy will control you. Talk with a lot of families who have problems in their house. And I say, who's running the house? Who's take up residence? Well, my house is like my mom and dad's house, just like that. And they fought and they did this all the time. Is that God's plan? Is that what God wants? Someone need to say, no way. Jesus went through great efforts to deliver us from all oppression. In Acts 10, 38, God said, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Does that say something to you? 
Oppression is not a God thing. Oppression is of the devil. In other words, you and I should not fight every day to stay out of the spirit of oppression. If by his stripes we're healed, then we need to be healed of that too. Because oppression messes up your thinking, your being, and your doing. It binds you. Jesus said, I come to set you free. Many many of us fear and oppression our souls because we have learned to accept the dominance of the spiritual enemy. In other words, how many times have you said, or how many times have you heard it said, well, that's just the way things are. It's okay. That's just the way things are. Oppression, sickness, it's all there. It's, It's okay. It's not okay. That's not God's plan for us. But we allow that thought to stay focused. It's just being a human. It's okay. No, it's not okay, church. It's not okay at all. I don't know if that's me or you. Who that is. That's me? Okay, maybe it'll go away. I thought I touched it and locked it out, but I didn't. I believe there's a new day occurring. The Lord's anointing us. Just as he told Gideon, he says, you're not going to go to this battle in your own strength. Hear me? We're not fighting this battle of fear and oppression by our own strength. We're in agreement with what God says, and therefore we are overcomers, and we win. How many likes winning? How many likes losing? Then stop losing. Start winning. Use the word, declare the word, that you can win all the time. Amen? Mm-mm-mm. Before Jesus came to the earth, all mankind was in subject to bondage through the fear of death. The devil held in his hands the power of death over us, and the fear of death is a master fear. It's what forms all fear is based on lying, afraid of the dark, afraid of standing up and talking before a group of people. It all stems from the fear of death. Romans 8 chapter says, put it this way, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. They have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. What have we received, church? What is legally given to us? What are we to do with what we receive from God? I got it. We sat on it. No. What do we do? We use the authority that Jesus Christ came and gave to his church. By using that authority moves you into a different realm of thinking, being, living, and overcoming the things that's out there. Is there stuff out there? Does he come knocking at your door? He does. What does he want to do? The enemy wants to destroy you. He wants to wipe you out. He wants to do you in. We either allow it or we don't allow it. We once had a spirit of fear. We now have the spirit of God, the spirit of love, because God is love. First John says, 
Perfect love cast out fear. I'm going to meddle just right here for a moment too. How many of you, now don't raise your hands because some of your family might be here. How many of you can say, I have thoughts that I don't, no, let me put it a different way. How many can say, there are family members that I don't like? You don't have to raise your hand. How many can say, there's people that I don't like? How many can say, there's people that I don't want to deal with? I think we all have some of the both in our lives. But at the same time, if we look at what Jesus said, even when they put him on the cross, what did he say? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Do you understand even some of the smartest relatives that you think you have are the dumbest ones on the street? Woo! So I have to make a determination. I may not want to have dinner with them. I may not want to take them out. I may not do this. But I have to provide through God the love of God. That's good stuff right there. That's really good stuff. Public enemy number one. Have you heard, heard anyone say something like this? A little fear is natural. You ever heard that? Or that fear can't help but push and accomplish the goals that I have in my life. I need that fear to push me forward, to get me going. To get me out of this complacency. That fear is necessary. I was an electrician for, for many years. And I was working for a contractor here in town. And he said, Bill, they started a class up. It's a two-year class for a journeyman. I had my city and my state journeyman license. And he says, I'd like you to go to it. And in that class, started out with three people. Four. Me, the teacher, and two other students. And after two months in that class, the two other students left. So for two years, I had me and the teacher. I was the top of the class, the bottom of the class, and the middle of the class. I was the class. But here's the cool thing about the teaching. It was one-on-one. This is one-on-one. I could learn, and if I didn't understand it, we could spend weeks on it. If it snowed, I'd call him up, or he'd call me and say, well, we're not going to have class today. We'll have two next month, or whatever. But he always taught that electricity is dangerous. It will kill you. It will do damage to you. At the same time, it's a blessing. How many still got lights on at the house? How many's got air conditioner at the house? That all runs off electricity. But he said this. I didn't hear it once, but in that two years time, several times, he said, you've got to know where it's coming from and you've got to know where it's supposed to be going to. In other words, if you get in the middle of these wires, there's a good potential you're going to get shot. Did I pay attention? Yeah, I paid attention. I got hit by 12,000 volts many, many years ago. That's why I got this beautiful gray hair. You're laughing like you're in agreement with me. But the, the key thing about electricity, it's got a job to do. And if we allow it to do its job, it will perform. 
We've got a job to do as children of God. And our job is to perform in agreement with what God is saying for us to do. Not allowing fear. He said, I never want you built to fear electricity, but I want electricity to fear you because you know how to handle it. When you handle the word of God, you're handling power. You're handling authority. Demons running from you. Sickness has to leave you. Are you listening to me? Property has to go away. You are more than an overcomer because that's what's in the word. And if it's in the word, it's for me. It was recorded for me. I have it. It's available. It's a resource that I can never do away with. Public enemy number one, fear. In fact, it, in fact, allowing fear to take residence in your mind and your heart can actually be more dangerous than you can believe. Though temptation to fear seems to overwhelm us at times, the number one enemy, fear, is a spiritual force designed to connect us to the very things that we don't want to happen. The very things that we don't want to happen. Let me give you an illustration. Everybody here know about Job? You know the story about Job? You know what Job did? He made a big mistake. He had a big no-no. He said something that he shouldn't have said. You know what he said? The things that I fear most has come upon me. What came upon him? You know the story? Lost family. Lost wealth. Even to a point that his wife says, curse God and just die. Caution in what you're allowing your mouth to say. Walk carefully before God. Because in this is creativeness. Did I say that right? Creativeness. Creativeness. Is that right? Tell me. That that works okay. In this is creativeness. Call those things which are not as if they are. Job made a mistake right there because he was literally declaring that "Ah, this is going to happen to me. That's what I fear took place. If you have those thoughts, you need to get rid of them. If I allowed electricity to institute fear in me, I would have never became an electrician. Hello? But I didn't allow the fear to do that. In fact, I thought I was bigger than electricity. Ha ha. So what are you allowing fear to rule in? What area? Finances? Health? Are you afraid to go to sleep at night? I don't know if I'm going to wake up. Well, some fears are just okay. No, they're not okay. They're not okay at all. Page number eight. There's a huge difference between coping with fear, trying to make it through life, while still subject to oppression. Being delivered from fear is where the total and complete life should be. Totally delivered from fear. Anybody got any fear issues? Anybody did do it, having fear in their lives? Oh, but I'm a man. I can't say I have fear. Well, yeah, you can. But you don't have to keep saying it. You don't have to allow it to rule your life. 
thing that I feared mostly had come upon me. Wow. I, I, I was trying to put this in a way that it worked. We need to get in the face of fear. And some fear is passed down, you know. Generation to generation, it's passed down. I'm not saying it's good fear. I'm not saying there is no such thing as good fear. I'm saying that it's passed down and generation after generation takes hold of that fear and it, it's there. What should be passed down is the goodness of God, the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the power of God. And those things produce what? The fruit of the Spirit says, good fruits. Say good fruits. I'm to produce, say it, I'm to produce good fruit. I don't know if everybody heard that. You need to look at the person next to you and say it again. I'm to produce good fruit. I am not supposed to produce fear. Hello? Because what I say affects sometimes, many times, what is going on. So what are you saying? I'm telling you that God has a better plan. Let me move forward just a little bit. Fear is a stronghold, and it's up to us to pull it down. The key to pulling down the stronghold. In Joshua, first, chapter Joshua, God instructed Joshua how to lead Israel into the promised land. He gave him instructions. The first thing God told Joshua, I was with Moses, I'll be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. Have you ever had the problem of not being strong? Could it be that you're not gaining the strength you need to get or give or receive because of what you're saying? Did you catch that? Are we thinking? Is the wheels turning? I mean, what I say many times determine the outcome that's out there. What are you in agreement with? Are you in agreement that this church is a mighty church? I can't hear you. Are you in agreement? Greater is he that's in us than he in the world? Getting better all the time. In other words, what I declare with this declares my knowledge of this also declares my relationship with him. If I don't believe that I'm an overcomer, guess what the other choice is? What am I? I can't hear you. What? Say it again. Yeah. There's there's nothing there. So I got to have the ability and use the ability that God has given me to declare. Faith is a very powerful force. Very powerful. I wasn't going to read this, but I am now. Go, go with me to Luke, the eighth chapter. And let's go to verse 45. You there? If you're there, say I'm there. Oh, it's not on the board, is it? 
That means you have to find it yourself in your word. Get your phone out, get whatever out. When we're all there, I want to all be there. Say, I'm there. I'm there. You there? Okay. 45th verse. And Jesus said, well, let me t- back up to the 44th verse. And he came from behind and touched his, the border of his garment. And immediately her blood flow, her flow of blood stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? Now, I want you to understand that when you're speaking to the Lord and you're praying, you're touching Jesus. Are you hearing me? When you're reaching out to him, he's reaching out to you. You can say you like this. That's good. Say it. That's good. Okay. And when all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitude and throng impress you, and you say, who touched me? And Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Do you understand that if you touch the robe of Jesus, just touching his robe, that power comes out? That's one of the things of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. There's power in the Holy Spirit. There's authority given to us, the church, the believer, for us to activate and to use. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. And now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him, in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. I don't know about you, but that tells me if I can have the ability to touch Jesus, healing is available. Come on, church. Do you hear me? We are more than overcomers. Touching the cloak of Jesus brought healing, but really what brought healing was her faith. What brings healing into your life, my life, and this church's life is faith. Acknowledging it, using it, declaring it, allowing it to work. What it's intended to do. Let me go a little further. I I am hurrying because I was warned that I couldn't go four hours. No. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. There's that peace stuff again, rising up. Did she have peace before? Apparently not. She was sick. When you're sick, it's hard to have peace. But in the presence of God, peace is available. I have to receive that peace, walk in that peace, and allow that peace to reign in my life. Can we go a little bit further on this? Okay, thank you. While he was still speaking, someone came from the rulers of the synagogue's house saying to him, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Okay, I got to do this. There are people of the faith who will tell you there is no hope in sight. It is what it is, and therefore live with it. Live with it. Why? This is all this church is going to have right here. Live with it. (laughs) 
we need to raise up the standard and say, I'm not going to settle for this. Come on, church. I'm not going to let this be the end. I'm going to declare the righteousness of God. I'm going to allow his word to dominate me. We are more than overcomers, and I'm going to begin to act like it. I'm going to begin to talk like it. I'm going to be able to walk like it. Don't I look taller already when I'm making these steps? And I'm getting taller in your eyes because I'm walking in the faith realm. I'm walking in the realm of the word of God. And when I walk in that realm, greater is he that's working in me than he that's in the world. I am an overcomer. What are you? What are you? Declare it. Quit shutting your mouth about it. Declare it every day. Get up in the morning. Say, man, I'm a good looking overcomer. Man, I'm a smart overcomer. Because if you don't declare it, the enemy of your soul will declare what you're not. And by allowing him to speak to you, you're accepting the curse that he's putting on you. Can I go a little further? Thank you. But Jesus heard it and he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Oh, there's that word again. Do not be afraid. <laughs> do not be afraid. Everybody say it. Do not be afraid. If you say it enough, it tastes pretty good. Do not be afraid. Say it. Come on. Do not be afraid. Say it again. Do not be afraid. What am I doing? I'm putting up the first defense against the enemy that would want to bring fear and confusion into my life. I'm resisting him. I'm raising a staff against him. I'm setting boundary lines. You cannot go here. Have you set boundary lines? You let him come and go in inside and out of your house? Do you believe every wind and doctrine that's out there? Church, we can't sit still. We got to be about the Father's business. Okay. The daughter's dead. They came and told him. When Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. How are you doing about believing? How are you doing? How are you doing about believing? I'm going to talk about this couple over here for a few minutes. They may never come back, but I'm going. You know how many times for months they kept, well, we found a house here. But when we went back to real estate, it got sold. This is a couple you give the information to that they got the house now. This lady right here. See, I talked to about everybody. See, So time and time again, kept looking for houses. Of all places, Oklahoma. But <clears throat> Bill's got a great name. His name is Bill. He called and he says, Pastor Bill, we got that house. I said, did you sign the papers yet? No, but, but we got it. Have you signed the papers yet? I should have said, I agree with you. I gave him some wrong information. Are you hearing me? But he kept saying, and his wife said, that's our house. We have it. It's ours. Did they sign? Did they have it? No. Not in the world sense, but in the spiritual sense, God had moved on the scene and took care of the house for them. Now they've got this great house in the wrong state. 
So they got to travel, travel 60, 70 miles to go to church here. Anyway, I got I to finish this. Okay. It probably won't be back. 51st verse. And when he had came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, John, and the father and the mother of the girl. Now, I'm going to give you some advice right here. Be careful in who you become agreement with. Did you hear what I said? The other disciples were available. They'd walked with Jesus. They'd seen the signs, the wonders, and the miracles. But he only allowed certain people into that inner circle. I got to get this in you. You got to come into agreement with the word. And those that are not in agreement with the word, you can't come in agreement with them. Did you hear that? Was that clear enough? So when you're praying, something serious. I mean, this kid's dead as far as the concern of everybody. There is no more. Don't bother the teacher. Don't bother Jesus. It is what it is. I hate that statement. I hate it. Man, it makes me want to vomit. Things are only the way that God plans them to be. And if I'm in agreement with God, then guess what? I win. Tired of losing? Come in agreement with the right people to come in agreement with. Come in agreement with me. I'm the right person. Well, that's kind of boastful. No, I'm in agreement. I believe God has a plan. I believe God is a healer. I believe God is a restorer. I believe God wants to build his church bigger. Come on, church. What do you believe? Well, we've been like this for a day or two. I don't care. How long did you think it took the Israelites to get out of the wilderness? 40 days. Oh, it's 40 years. Hello? You are required to come in agreement with what thus saith God. And that agreement is something that will bring success in your life. Now, let me finish this. It's not 12 o'clock yet, so chill your wheels. We got time. Thank Ken for keeping worship like you did. Okay. 52nd verse. Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, I'm going to give this to you straight, church. There are times in your life that you're going to have to be bolder than you are right now. There are times in your life you're going to have to tell them, stop this crying. Stop this whining around and mourning about this. Stop this action. Family members. Oh, especially well, you know, your brother had that same problem. I'm not my brother. I'm better looking. I'm smarter. Hello? Yeah, I can call things which are not as if they are. Okay, let me go on with this. You're laughing. I, I know this. You're just laughing. You're probably going to tell the pastor on me if he's not watching me right now. Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. Okay, get the picture. They came in, pronounced her dead. And all of them came to the house. 
And then somebody with some faith stood up and said, she's not dead. Well, we're smart enough to know when somebody's dead and not dead. I mean, we do doctor stuff and nurse stuff. We check their pulse. We spit in their eye. I don't know. We do these things. And all that we can devise of this and understand this is that she's dead. There are people that are saying this church is dead. Is it? Is it? Then start declaring it. Look what, like, like, Jesus was so nice. Don't cry. Oh, she's not dead, but she's sleeping. Do you believe that's how he said it? How did he say it? He said it with boldness and authority. Church, you better begin to speak with a boldness and with authority. Or that fear demon, that oppression demon, will come back to haunt you. And take up residence in you. If you don't use the boldness of the Holy Spirit, you need to say amen because I'm talking about what you've been teaching. Don't allow the boldness of the Spirit to take over. Then you are a wimp. Puny, gutless wonders. What do you think about that? Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, I got him laughing now. I'm in trouble. No, no, no. Let me finish this. They ridiculed him knowing that she was dead. Do you, don't you love family members? Don't you just love them? How you're trying to walk in faith and they're ridiculing you? Mm-hmm. Hold your head. They have. Well, they ain't going to nothing happen to that church. Why you go to that church? Yeah. Nothing's taking place. Mm-hmm. Understand that if they ridicule Jesus, they're going to ridicule you. Come on, church. If they're going to come against him, they're going to come against you. But does that mean he says, oh, you're right, she is dead. Like that little girl's voice. Right, she is dead. Wimp out. Don't wimp out. Quit wimping out. Let the boldness of that Holy Spirit rise up in you and declare what God is saying at that moment, that time. That may be the only voice that is being heard right now and the enemy has to flee. He can't stay when you declare God's word in the face of a tragedy. So if you're going to lay down and die, don't do it here. If I'm here, church, buddy, I'm going to be right in your face. I'm going to be that Holy Ghost spitting right in your face. Get up! Rise! You're not dead. Stop it. You say, well, I hope I'm not here when you do that. You should hope you're here when I do that. I'm not doing it in my authority. I'm doing it in the authority of the Word of God. Call those things which are not as if they are. The world says she's dead. What do you say? The world says this church is dead. What do you say? 
The world says that there's no hope. What do you say? The terrorists are there. They're coming in. They're taking everything. Take your four shots, your five shots, your eight shots. But how about taking a shot of the word of God? By his stripes, I'm healed. I guess I need to quit, don't I? Ken, would you bring your group up here, please? You may be up here for an hour, but come on up. 54th verse. He put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called and saying, Little girl, arise. Why did he remove everybody? Why? Why? Doubt. Confusion. It was in the mist or in the air. Can you remember the time when we used to have the mist of the Holy Ghost hit the church? Sweep through the church and people were slayed in the spirit all over the floor? I can remember. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for the move of the Holy Spirit to do that same thing over again and greater measures. People get up, healed and refreshed and strengthened. I guess I'm going to try to finish this because they're up here now. Then the spirit, then her spirit, then her spirit, then her spirit, didn't say Jesus' spirit, it says her spirit, then her spirit returned and she rose immediately. Did you hear that? She got up. They said this, but God says that. And what God says works if we apply the faith to go with what God is saying. So if you're not in agreement with God's word, you need to practice learning how to be in agreement. Do you hear me? You practice, you work at being in agreement. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, you do. First time you get the cold or the flu or the COVID-1845, or whatever it is out there now. Whenever you get that, you need to declare to that, whatever it is, say, hey, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm made whole. Guess what? You have no right to touch this sanctified body. Greater is he that's in me than you trying to come in. But if you don't raise up a standard against him, guess what you're doing? You're playing dead. What Jesus said, she's not dead. She's sleeping. I think that's what the church needs to say now. We're not dead. 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 We're going to do this a while. We're not dead. There you go. There's one person. We're not dead. There's another person. We're not dead. We're not dead. We're not dead. (laughs) We're not dead. Talk it up. Practice it right now. We love you. We don't care if you sound weird or funny. We love you like you are right now. We're not dead. Come on, try it again. We're not dead. You're adding faith to your individual being. You're raising your spirit up. You're you're declaring what God says about you. And that's what's important. Okay. I'm closing my Bible. Okay. I'm closing it. Most fear comes from not knowing what the future holds. Did you hear me? 
most fear comes because we don't know what the future holds. Can I tell you something? That is a lie from the pit of hell. The believer does know. The believer does know. Here we go again. The believer does know. Say it. The believer does know. Say it. I'm a believer. And I do know. I am an overcomer. But if you don't hear your own ears saying it, how is the being knowing it? My wife will do, she does this to me. She says, well, what would you like for dinner? And I'm obligated to tell her. Okay. And in turn, she's obligated to say, no, we don't have that. Or, no, we're not fixing that tonight. Okay. Then I'd like to have this. No, we don't have that either. Well, honey, what do we have? Well, we got pork chops. Oh, okay, that'd be, that's what I want. What are you coming in agreement with? Is it, are you allowing it to work in your life? Hmm. I've got to read more and more. Go with me to John, the 16th chapter. And 13th verse. Now listen to me. This verse eliminates any confusion in your life. If you will memorize this verse, if you'll quote this verse, if you'll declare this verse, if you put it on your bathroom, your kitchen table, wherever you're at so that you can see it, so it can be freeing you up, bringing life to you. Look what it says. However, When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Did you hear me? We do not have to walk in fear, upset, lack, not understanding, whatever classification you want to put on it, because the Holy Spirit's job is to educate you. And he's good at his job. Is that not right? Back in, did you tell him that? Of the Holy Spirit? He's good at his job. He does not fail his job. He wants you to have the knowledge so that you can live that overcoming life. But you decide how much knowledge you want from the Holy Spirit by how much time you allow for him. Let me read the rest of that. However, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. What's he saying? What's the Holy Spirit saying? I'm trying to quit, but it's hard. He's saying he's going to give you the guidance you need. Sis, that job you, that you worked is not your resource, but God is. He hasn't put you at this church just because he had no place else for you to go. He put you here because you need to know there's people in this church that will stand with you, believe with you, agree with you that God is not finished with you. 
that you are more than an overcomer through Christ. The strength of God is living in you. So no job controls you, but God controls. Say amen, please. Amen just means you're in agreement. This holds true with everybody here. When you're in agreement with this, you do nothing but win. Oh, did I finish that? I didn't finish it. Let me finish it. I'm trying to. Oh, I lost it in my Bible. When the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truths. Say it with me. He'll guide me. Say it. He'll guide me. So if you're in decision-making mode, understand when you ask of God, he says the truth giver will come to you and lead you. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare to you. All things the Father has are mine. Therefore I say he will take mine and declare it to you. A little while and you'll not see me again because I go to the Father. Joshua told three things. Do not let this book depart from your mouth. What was he saying? Stay in agreement with what the word is saying. Did you hear me? I don't care what the doctors say. I care what God says. Number two, meditate it on day and night. I told the Wednesday night class, oh, if you haven't been coming on Wednesday night, you need to come. There's some good stuff happening on Wednesday night. Those that come on Wednesday night, shake your head like you can get people to believe that. Yeah. Meditate on day and night. What does that mean? You need to constantly be thinking about the things of God, about his word, declaring it, rehearse it over and over and over and over again. Don't rehearse sickness or death or lack or poverty or sick or anything. Think about the goodness of God. Number three, he told him. Observe and do according to all that is within. What does that mean? It means do what the word says to do. Do what the word says to do. Can go ahead and sing. I wanna love what you love. I wanna hate what you hate. Teach me the fear of the Lord. I wanna go. Oh, Lord. 
awesome about this church this church is awesome for ministering to one another you see somebody in need you need something and we work as a team that's so powerful Go ahead. in just a few days we're going to be coming upon a day that changed our nation and around the world and a few days after that I was up praying and seeking God and he gave me this word, and I thought it kind of fit this morning. And it simply said, and this was 20 years ago that this was given. And if you understand anything about prophecy, if there's not a date given on it, then it can happen whenever God says it's to happen, whether it's 15, 20, 30 years later. Our prophets in the Old Testament was 100 years before our uh, Savior came that had been prophesied. Uh, but the Lord gave me these words. He began to give it to me, and I began to write them down. And it said, stay fixed upon my word, for I will cause a great whirlwind across the earth. And those that are not fixed upon my word will not be, will not, and those that are fixed upon my word will not be swept into the chaos. And certainly we've heard that word a few times, haven't we? And almost every news channel and the prophets of Baal that wants to speak it, we've heard it. And that's enough to bring fear into God's people if we were to allow it. But he went on to tell me, he said, but I, but, uh, let's see, and those that are fixed upon my word will not be swept into the chaos, but will remain strong, unharmed, and without fear. Peace will be their part. Remained unshaken by the things you see and know that I am God. I have a strong hand, and it is outstretched to save and deliver. And I got very interested in the word whirlwind. Let me tell you, every scripture that I dug up in whirlwind, God sent the whirlwind against the enemy. Amen. Not against his kids, but against the enemy. And I believe God is doing that now because at every turn, God has sent the whirlwind and got rid of the enemy and we will be strong, and we will deal exploits for God, 
and we will go home someday to be with him. <laughs> so, Amen. Here, baby, here. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, she broke it. It won't go off. If you've been dealing with fear, we'd like to pray for you. You don't have to tell us what the fear is. We, we don't have to know none of the details. What you need to know is when we come in agreement and we pray at this church, things happen. Did you hear me? We don't take this lightly. When we pray, God moves. So if you've been fighting fear or any of these issues, come up and we'll pray for you. Praise God. Anybody else? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's two other people in here. You know who you are. So we're saying, God wants to touch you right now. You don't have to leave this church allowing fear to dominate you or your house any longer. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Gee, Patty. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sis, you understand that fear is not something that God gives you. It's not, it's not who he is. The enemy fears him, but his children he doesn't. So we want to know, we're going to pray for you. And all this stuff is going to leave. It's never going to come back again. We're closing the door on it. We want you strengthened and healed and made whole in every area of your life. And we believe that's what God's going to do. He's in agreement. She's in agreement. They're in agreement. So we're going to pray. We're going to tell that spirit of fear to vacate you and leave you. It has no place in you. It has no authority in you. You're an overcomer through Christ Jesus. Father, we come against this spirit of fear. Father, we bind this enemy. We come against it in the name of Jesus. And Father, we speak healing to her. Fear, leave. Fear, leave. Take with it anything else attached to the fear. Habits, things that happened in the past. Father, newness of spirit, newness of mind in the name of Jesus. Fear, you have no place we plead the blood of Jesus over her and we declare healing is ours in the name of Jesus. Satan, get your hands off. Move your hands from the, her house, from her family in the name of Jesus. Any DNA curses, anything that's back there, we bind it, we cast it into the pit of hell. Liberty and freedom. Let the joy of the Lord overtake her. Let the joy overtake her. Let the joy overtake her. Lord, we're speaking healing right now in the name of Jesus. In the 
the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Who's that other person? Who's that other person? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mighty God, we praise you and we worship you. God, we glorify you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go get him back. Come here. Come here. Yeah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There are times in our life where the whole household has to be prayed over and in agreement. A divided house that's not in agreement is a house that will not stand. And the enemy can be attacking either her or him or the kids or whatever. But when you come in agreement, the enemy has to leave. He has to leave. And we're going to pray for them. Would you stand with us? We're going to pray for this family. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Heavenly Father, we stand in a gap for this family. Physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Father, we send a hedge around them 
in the name of this. Satan, you cannot have sickness. We command you to leave. We take dominion over you. We have authority over you and we cancel you out. Let healing come to this house. Healing in their bones from their head to the soles of their feet. We rebuke sickness. We rebuke depression and oppression, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we speak wholeness to this family. We lift this family up in the name and the blood of Jesus. Strengthen this man. Strengthen this lady. Strengthen this house in Jesus' name. Satan, we bind you and we take authority over you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we declare wholeness to you. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you look at me that way. You knew this, huh? You knew that I was going to pray for you, huh? Father, you see the things that she deals with every day. Father, we ask you to give her a special anointing. Strengthen her going and coming, Father. Give her wisdom of the word. Let it flow out of her. Let lives be touched and lives be changed. Because she's there at the right time, saying the right words, doing the right thing. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, give her physical, spiritual, and emotional strength. Let the word that's in her rise up to the highest degree it's ever come. Let it come forth with power and might in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. be strengthened in the might and the power of the Holy Spirit. You're stronger because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in you. This stuff that's been plaguing you is going to leave you. It has no place there, no authority in your house. Walk in wholeness and health. Don't allow fear of the job or not the job come into play. God, if we ask, he will direct our footsteps. And that's what you have to do as a family. Direct our footsteps. Show us the steps that we take, that we need to take. And I'm telling you, there's nothing but prosperity, 
and wholeness coming to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Is there anything else I'm supposed to do? Anybody know? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Anything else I'm supposed to do? What else? I'm supposed to do anything else? Offering tithes? Is that what you said? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Glory. You just got a big, big shot of J12. That's Jesus 12. It's not B12, but Jesus 12. He's energizing you. Don't let the enemy in. The feelings come back, you bind them. You say, "Honey, we're going to pray right now. I bind the name of you. It's not coming in. And you walk around the house and open the door and says, everything that's evil that's been in this house, because we don't know what was in there before us. We bind it and we tell it to leave. That's what you do. I don't move into a house, I rent a house, I rent anything, unless I first pray over it. But if you haven't prayed over it, then you pray over it, you bind it, and you tell the enemy, he can't stay here. This is God's house and we belong to God. Lay some borders out. Walk it. Windows. I'm telling you, God has a big plan for you guys. You are important to the kingdom of God. You are chosen. You're special. And you're called to this church for a time just like this. Amen. I guess I'm supposed to take up tithes and offering. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Oh. You back there, brother? Wave. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word that is declared. We thank you for the healing that took place. The healing that took place. Father, we glorify you and we honor. Lord, we give unto you. We ask you to bless. Let each one in this church have an overflowing blessing coming to them. Physically, spiritually, and financially. In the name of Jesus. We call this thing done. Amen. Lord, you are good and